All right, in this money episode, we tell the story of a couple whose videos have blown up on YouTube uh, with their relatable advice and tips on being in good health and establishing a nutrition and fitness plan. And I would venture to say that over the past year, if you've seen somebody online working out next to a TV, they are probably watching one of the videos of this couple. Hope you enjoy it. Let's get some money. From New Money, New Problems, it's the New Money, New Problems podcast, a show for successful professionals searching for the tools they need to navigate financial opportunities and obstacles they've never seen. Negotiating compensation, purchasing your first investment property, helping your family with money, the highs and lows of entrepreneurship. New Money brings new problems that require new solutions. Join us as we work through them together. I'm Brenton Harrison, and this is the New Money, New Problems podcast. All right, Juice and Toya, welcome to the New Money, New Problems podcast. Appreciate you for having us. Thank you for having us. I'm excited. Thank you for being on. Uh, For those who uh, know me well, you know, my best friend is Brandon Middleton. And uh, Juice and Toya have known him for a while and and made this connection. Uh, So I would I would love to get started with talking a little bit about before you were Juice and Toya, when you were Juice and Toya separately. (laughs) Tell me a little bit about childhood. You know, where'd you all grow up? What was life like? Yeah, you me. So I was born in Bitburg, Germany. I lived there till I was seven, and it wasn't military. I am half German. Probably got like sixty percent fluency of speaking. My mom married a man from Kansas City, and that's how we ended up in Kansas City. And so from seven until I went to college, I grew up in a small town near Kansas City. And yeah, childhood was rough. I had a very rough childhood, and then kind of going to college, that was the first time I was like my own person, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to school at University of Missouri. Shout out to Mizzou football for killing it this <laughs> <Okay>. year. Um, <laughs> but that's We don't get to say that often, so when we do, I take advantage. And so it wasn't until I went to college that I really got exposed to more of the world, essentially. I met people from all over the world people you know when you go to college it's like people from everywhere so that's really when i first was like i don't want to live in missouri anymore (laughs) like why am i still here so graduated college and then literally packed up my car with a friend and we drove to los angeles got an airbnb for 30 days until we found an apartment and been here ever since so oh wow so when you got to school in addition to meeting new people getting exposed to new you know, types of education. Were you interested in fitness even then? Yeah, so growing up, I was always an athlete. Um, and I, looking back now, I feel like some of that was by default of, I like to run, but I ran to be out of my home a lot of times. And so um, I kind of got a love for fitness because running was something that was like mental clarity for me. Um, and then once I got into college, I did like running clubs. I didn't play for Mizzou, but I did just clubs and I liked how it introduced you to new people. You could make friends that way. It kept you active. Um, but then additionally, my mom was always very sick with colon cancer. And so probably from teenage years on, 
she changed her eating habits and I did it with her. And it made me also, as I got into athletics and more sports, for me, it was more, I understood how diet and lifestyle affects your health, watching my mom go through it. So once I got to Mizzou, initially I wanted to do physical therapy. I had knee surgery, went through physical therapy and was like, I'm not doing this the rest of my life. So it was really boring to me. And so that year I changed my major to nutritional science. And with that, it was kind of an open book to allow you to go into more of a nutrition field, which could look like anything from dietetics to working in hospitals, working mm -hmm. with schools, whatever. Um, but then junior year, I started bikini bodybuilding competitions. Um, and once I did that, that's what led me to personal training. Um, I'd never had a personal trainer before that. It was all just like coaches. Mm -hmm. um, but once I got into bikini bodybuilding, I won my first competition and then I was like, all right, I'm hooked, you know? And so that got me into personal training because I saw how consistent exercise and consistent nutrition changed my body. And then friends around me, you know, were like, how'd you do that? Like, you know, and so that kind of led me to helping others do it. And that's kind of how I got into personal training, so. Okay, so we, we have the plus Toya. Let's get the juice to LA. How did you get to LA? Um, so I'm born and raised in Houston, Texas. Started playing sports when I was, Man, as, as young as my mom would let me, I remember, my, I remember being like five or six years old, I started playing basketball and I love, I love watching football. I always wanted to play. My mom was like, he's not ready. So I played football starting about eight years old. Was really good at a young age. My dad put me in plenty of position to be great. He put me in all these camps and just kept me active year round. So I was just addicted to sports, playing any type of sport. It, it didn't matter. High school, going to college, I ended up uh, getting a scholarship to go to Rice University where I played four years, played football there. And that's kind of where I got introduced to just traveling. Because when you, when you play in college, you travel every week or every other week to go to different cities. So we went to the Midwest. We went to, I mean, we played in Tennessee. We played in, for the first time I went from Memphis and had Memphis barbecue for the first time. <laughs> so we went all over the country and then, then even we were fortunate enough to go to Hawaii my senior year for a bowl game. So that was like even, we had never been like far west. We kind of stayed like midwest to the east side. So that kind of opened me up to like travel. So I graduated college and I was like, man, I, I've lived in Houston, Rice is in Houston. I lived there my entire life. I just wanted something different. So I'd never really been out west. So I was like, I want to go to California. You know, you see it on TV. I want, I want to see the Hollywood sign, all the cliche stuff. and. When I tell you, when you get to California for the first time, especially at a time where the weather's great, it just Always. it just kind of <laughs> yeah, it just kind of captures you. So it's like I remember going to the beach, like and Houston has beaches, but everybody knows it's not, it isn't it. And I remember going on a hike and just seeing just the the nature and the weather, and I was I was hooked. So my first time was like January of my senior year. I went to California, and every time throughout that last semester, I was like I have to. I have to go back. And then I went back again and I was like, all right, next time I'm coming back here, I'm, I'm living here. So I moved on a whim. It kind of threw my parents off. They, they, my dad thought he was, I was coming home after I graduated and it was kind of, you know, at first it was kind of disappointing to him, but you know, he, they, they, my parents have always kind of let me fly, whatever I felt, whatever I was passionate about, they always let me just kind of pursue that. So that's what kind of led me here. And initially I was actually training to try to go to the NFL. I was still active, active free agent trying to find a place, find a home somewhere. And honestly, it was about two or three months of living here where 
I'd felt for the first time in my life, I felt like healthy because football beats you up over time. And that was the first time I had an opportunity to really heal. I always played hurt. So I had to make a decision like, do I want to really put my body through that trauma again? <laughs> or do I really want to, you know, try to create a career, feel healthy for once and try to pursue something else? So that's kind of what led me, led me to L.A. Uh, you know, I always ask people this when they tell their money story. At some point, either having money or the lack of money or just the recognition of the power that it has, like you become aware of it. At what point in you all's childhood development did you recognize the power of having or not having money? Yeah, I think for me, probably like nine, ten years old. Like I said, my childhood was very rough and it was a lot of like single mom of seven children who also suffered cancer five times. So as you can imagine, with cancer aside, that's a financial that's challenge. And then you throw, you know, not being able to work, having hospital bills, all of that. So probably from eight or nine years old, immediately, I knew what it meant to have financial struggles. Um, I knew the power of money because I saw what happened if you didn't have it. Um, and then when you did get a little bit of it, the excitement that it brought or what it could fix, mm -hmm. essentially. Um, so from a very early age for me, I'm also the second oldest of seven siblings. So a lot of like pressure kind of comes to like help out at a very young age too, you know? So once you are able to start working, um, it kind of just come, you know, you got to help with the bills and help with groceries and things like that. So yeah, like very, very early for me, for sure. For me, it was also pretty early too. And it was more, more credit to my parents. I was able to see just to kind of transition from where we started when I was like a young kid versus when I was in high school. Mm -hmm. So when I was, I, I, I want to say I was like six years old. We lived in a city called Missouri City, Texas. It's a suburb in Houston. And, uh, you know, we had a you know two bedroom house. I think it was yeah two or three bedroom house, very small house. And then I kind of gradually saw us move from one house to a slightly bigger house and then to a house, their dream house. You know what I mean? So for me, I kind of saw the grind of like, you know, I obviously didn't see the, the physical money, but I saw the hard work that went into really transitioning and, and having a better lifestyle. Because my parents always, I feel like they did everything for me and my brother. They wanted us to move us to a, a new district to be able to go to better schools and have better opportunities. And that all paid off at the end of the day. So I was able to see just, just sort of that transition and transformation over time of, of what money could actually do for our family and opportunities. So. Yeah. Okay. So you both get to L.A. and it sounds like neither of you particularly knew exactly what you were going to do when you got there. Uh, <laughs> how, how did you all meet? Um, cliche, we met at a gym. Yeah. <laughs> the story <laughs> is so way. significant and like, you yeah. know, it's like we were going to meet at some point in our life. God was going to make it happen. The way we met was just like we met at the gym that we both worked at, but the, the gym situation <clears throat> was he worked at a gym first coming to L.A., and was like this, I have a college degree, I'm not working And I only here. worked there to stay in shape. That was, yeah. like, that was like my Have motivation. a free membership. Free membership, I'm gonna stay in shape. If I get a call, I'm there. You know? Yeah, so, so was... he quit that gym and then probably that 
probably like the two days after he quit. I didn't know him. A couple days after he quit, I came to LA and I was like, I just need a job until I figure out what I'm doing here. I'll work in a gym. I've got my CPT. <clears throat> Went and applied to this gym and they're like, oh, we had someone quit. When can you start? And he was the first one that quit. Still didn't know him. Found never out met two him. years after the fact. And so I get after. in the gym and I'm like, oh no, this is not it. Like I, I have a college degree. I do not need to be working here. So <laughs> I'm trying to look for a better gym, better opportunity and supposed to have an interview at one gym it fell through and all of this run around so i was like you know what? i'm gonna apply in westwood he did the same had an interview at another gym that he showed up and they were like oh they, it was 30 they minutes gave ago it's crazy they gave me a time it was supposed to they told me 12 o'clock or 12 30 the the interview started i got there at uh i think it was like no it was it was supposed to be at 12 30 and it actually started at 12. yeah so they told me wrong i showed up I ended interview up being was over. Late. Yeah. yeah, the interview was over, and I missed that opportunity. So I applied at another uh, chain. It was a chain gym, and ended up that's kind of where we uh, yeah. and we so, got hired together. So it was yeah. forty people. It was four rounds of interviews. Um, started at forty people, that cut it down to like fifteen, cut it down to five, and then we were the only two to get hired together at yeah. this particular gym. So, so we could have met at the first gym. <laughs> we could have never let you know. So yeah. then. We get hired together and like when you work at a gym, it's like you're building a business yeah, essentially. As a trainer, that is. Getting, yeah, uh, uh, getting clients is like building a business, you know? And so when you first start, you pretty much live at the gym. You're there all day long because you could have a client at 6 a.m., you could have a client at 7 p.m. If you know LA, the traffic, Come leaving down. in between clients is not worth it. By the time you get home, it's time to turn around. So you're pretty much packing a bag at 5 a.m. and you know you're there all day. Staying so all day. you spend a lot of time together and not just the two of us, you know, the people we worked with, um, they pretty much become your family. Yeah. Like you kind of have no, if you don't like the people you work with at the gym, you're not going to be very successful. Sure. It's like, you, you know, so... Um, yeah, we met at the gym and then found out our birthdays were two days apart and we were like, oh, let's celebrate our birthdays together. I ended up having a birthday party at my place, sent him the address and he's like, oh, I live two minutes away. So for six months, he lived right down the street. I had no idea. No idea. So then we start carpooling <clears throat> to work together and... I mean, then you just really just, start to like each yeah, other. We're just, <laughs> yeah, we're best friends. It's because we had so much in common. Yeah. Um, we just understood each other's grind. We had the same. We both moved on a whim. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. know, so we just kind of understood each other. Both new to LA, LA and exactly. figuring it out. Yeah. So, yeah. Now, y'all can say you're best friends, and it may be true, but somebody made the first move. Who made the first move? I'm going to be completely <laughs> honest. I It really was mutual, I yeah. feel like. As because, much as I would like to say, me, yeah. it was, it was kind of mutual. Because it, yeah. it got it got to a point where we were both like, yo, we spend every day together. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's just like one day we just never left, you know? Like yeah. it was just kind of... And from the beginning, it was always like, you two are together. And we really were not. Like for a whole year, we were just friends. And like we would make fun of people. And we both like, had like significant others at the, beginning. At the very yeah. beginning too. So it yeah. wasn't like, you know... <laughs> yeah, it was just like you had to be close friends with the people you worked with. And yeah. there were other people that would be with us all the time, but it just got to a point where it was just like, you know, when you like miss being around someone where you're not around them, but he wasn't my boyfriend, but I wanted to be around him all the time. Mm -hmm. That's kind of when you're like, yeah. oh, I guess we are together then. Yeah. Like, and then it just happened from there, I guess. Like, <laughs> This is the New Money, New Problems podcast. A show for successful professionals searching for the tools they need to navigate financial opportunities and obstacles 
they've never seen. We'll be right back. Are you wondering what new money problems you might be overlooking in your financial life? If so, we've got great news. We've crafted the New Money, New Problems Gap Finder to identify potential weaknesses in your finances in areas ranging from budgeting, investments, insurance, and even the threat your extended family's finances could pose to your household. Please head to newmoneynewproblems.com slash gap finder to complete it today. Again, that's newmoneynewproblems.com slash gap finder to take the assessment. You're listening to the New Money, New Problems podcast. Subscribe now at newmoneynewproblems.com. Welcome back. Well, how long after you become a couple uh, do you decide decide to start making content together? Ooh, this was, um, so we got together summer of 2016. Mm -hmm. And it was not until... I mean, we started, so we started our business one by the other at the end of 2017. Mm -hmm. We left the gym. We were like, you know, we don't want to be kind of limited to the ceiling. We want to really uh, generate other opportunities and have more time for other things. So we started our business um, and that's when the content kind of started. We were just kind of throwing stuff at the wall, seeing what sticks um, and trying to really just market ourselves. Yeah. And, and I remember asking my dad, this was, it might've been 2017, 2018. Yo, can I use your camera? Cause I knew he used to take pictures of me in college and I know I knew it was collecting dust at home. So I was like, if I can use this camera, we can have quality pictures for our website. We can do um, videos, tutorials, whatever we need yeah. to do to get our business off the ground. And that's kind of where it started, stemmed from. And again, it was a lot of different things that kind of led us to the content that we create today. So I'll say about late 2017, early 2018 is when we really started to like experiment really get into content yeah, for sure. yeah. For sure. Uh, my wife and i we're both very type a and uh we both think we're right more frequently than we probably are <laughs> so to me like working together is, is a boundary that's probably best to not cross you also so I'll, I'll ask like how is that process of working together but then in addition to that you're also building a business that earns money and you bring different philosophies, different backgrounds on money to that business. How do you navigate those two topics? I think for sure at the beginning, working together was tough because we're also both very type A. And it was a lot of, it wasn't you're right, I'm wrong. It was a lot of like, well, I want to do it this way, but he <clears throat> wants to do it another way, but there's only one way we can do it, you know, so we got to have some common ground. So I think it took um, and this kind of stems from like the separate backgrounds, leaving mm -hmm. the gym and starting our own business. Mm -hmm. That was bumping heads because I've always had secure income for myself. Every two weeks I'm getting paid because of my background she with money where I was terrified <laughs> to have to do it on my own, where he had always had an entrepreneurial mind where he was like, no, like all we got to do is this, this and this. And to me, I'm like, yeah, but on the 15th, there's no paycheck, you know, like it was just like that separation. So I really had to um, kind of like understand where he was coming from and really trust in the business that we were creating, yeah. which meant I really needed to trust him also, yeah, you know, and sure. so that was hard at the beginning. But once you kind of, 
once we started, it was yeah. a lot easier because we realized like what we're, like you said, we were creating our own content mm -hmm. um, and working for yourself. It's so much fun because you're in control of, of everything, everything yeah. you know? And so if it failed, it was because of what I was or wasn't doing. Correct. So it's all on me. And I like that pressure, you yeah. know? So that kind of made it fun in a sense of like, you know, really kind of getting the business off the ground and then doing it, like you said, we were best friends. So mm -hmm. it was someone that I was used to working with and being around all the time anyway. So it was easy from that standpoint, but we definitely, there was some yeah, bumping of heads. Yeah, it made having those conversations a lot easier because yeah. we also, we worked together. So we had experience, um, you know, just working together as a team. Yeah. So I think... Like I knew he was a hard worker and I knew he... Didn't, he also didn't like failing that Texas competitiveness, you yeah. know? So I knew like starting the business <laughs> was going to be a success. It was just that fear of leaving, the I guess the, the comfortability of a paycheck is yeah. really all it was. For like, sure. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. When you have those marital conversations that are now business conversations about what you want the end result to be like, what do those conversations look like amongst the two of you and then where do you see yourselves headed in like the progression of your business um it's been a i'd say it's been an evolution of our what we thought the business because what, mm -hmm. what we did when we first started um or what we thought of when we first started is not what we're currently what we do doing now, now. Yeah. so of course we have um aspirations of being this but we kind of just you know like especially when covid happened that was a real shift Turning not just for us but i'm sure for everyone. obviously for everybody yeah. um so when we first started especially our youtube channel it was just about tips and tricks yeah um just helping people around the gym navigate certain uh learning how to use certain equipment what uh exercises work what muscle groups it was just simple stuff yeah um, not that, follow along not follow along nothing like that just yeah. stuff that we thought people wanted to see and, and a lot of it was um just ideas we got from clients and just being around um, in the fitness space. So when COVID happened, it was like, we don't have a gym. They don't have a gym. We don't have any equipment at home because we use equipment at gyms mm -hmm. all the time. So like that transition, our whole idea of what we wanted the business to be, what we wanted our YouTube channel to be. And at first I was against doing follow along workouts. I was like, I don't want to do these this P90X <laughs> stuff. Like I want to really give people yeah. like, but then when you have, you don't have gyms, everybody has to have a way of working out. You yeah. know what I mean? So we gave it a shot and we put the first one out. At first we sent it to our clients to do, just say, hey, test this out. We are thinking about putting this out. We put it out and we started to get some traction even off the first one, the second one, because at the time it was the most searchable thing on YouTube yeah, at the time. no one had a gym. No one had a gym. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah. we realized that and we was like, we got to take advantage of this now. Let's try to you know, do our best to, put these videos together. So now our idea of what we want to be is completely different than what it was before. But, right. you know, we built this community of people who trust us with their bodies. And that's huge because, you know, with a lot of other content that you see on YouTube, it's, it's not it's not often that you get to affect people's lives in the sense of their health. Right. You might affect their, their mental health with entertainment. You might affect their, um, you know, nutrition or whatever. But rarely do you just you know, we've had people say, I've, I've canceled my membership. I've lost 75 pounds with just doing your videos, you know, and that's, it's kind of transitioned how we want to, um, what we, what we want to view our future as. So in the future, we, you know, we'd love to keep this up. So many people have benefited from the, the content that we've put out. We, we, we honestly don't want to stop because the times where we've stopped, they let us know. They're like, yo, where, where you been? I, 
I haven't. Yeah. I, I will say too, the reason we left the gym and started our own business, our whole goal was to um, reach more people. So yeah. when you're at a gym, you train one person for one hour and there's only so many hours in a day that you can train at the gym. Even if you trained all 24 hours every single day of your life, that's impossible, right? So you're at a cap of yeah, a how many people you can really impact and reach. Mm -hmm. And we both had bigger goals than that. So our initial goal with One Body LA was more in-person, more group training. We wanted to go to like homes or at one point we wanted to go to apartments and like host classes at apartments. Like we just wanted to do more than just one-on-one -on -one mm -hmm. and then leave the one-on-one -on -one for just like more exclusive times. Um, and then our YouTube, the reason we started that was because our Instagram at the time was only 15 second clips. So you couldn't post what you wanted to post on Instagram, especially yeah. in this type of field. It's like, you can't really explain yourself yeah. like you want to, if you're really trying to give advice. So we started the YouTube to, form, yeah. yeah, and like reach that broader audience too. And we always said, we didn't want to start the YouTube unless we can be consistent at it and make the content different. So then when COVID hit, we, we didn't have the time initially to post consistently like we wanted to on YouTube because we were training from 6 a.m. to 7 p.m. like all day. We were never home together. Then when COVID hit, we were like, oh, we've got two weeks because gyms are only closed for two weeks. What can we do? Let's shoot some YouTube content while we have the time. Then two weeks turned into a month and three months and a year. So, you know, it kind of forced us to, if we're going to do something over COVID, we yeah. need to, you know, or if we're going to do something productive. Yeah. Um, so thankfully we already had that YouTube in place. It just went in a whole different direction, direction than we intended to, but yeah. it was a blessing <clears throat> in disguise because I don't think we would have ever quit training one-on-one. -on -one. So when would we have ever had the time to consistently film, Focus. record and post like we do? And then like yeah. he said, our whole goal was to help other people. And now we're helping literally millions of people yeah. and that was the goal. So we ended up doing what we wanted just in a path that we never saw yeah. would impact. And you know? in that time, our back was against the wall because our income got cut probably about, what, 60%? Oh, for sure. You yeah. know, just not yeah. having the gym available. So we were like, we have to we do something. We did Zoom training, but you don't I mean, charge so much. as much. You yeah. charge <laughs> as much. It was new to everybody. So everybody wasn't, you know, feeling it at the time. So yeah, that's kind of how it transition. That's kind of what we want to continue in the future is to continue to build this community, continue to build a community of people who want to just grow together, get healthy and yeah. spread just helpful information. That's another thing is so much good and bad information online. We want to just kind of clear the air, um, make it simple and understandable for everybody to understand. Yeah. And where I see it kind of going in the future, it's like, it's we like you said, we can say one thing, but I just also see like, we didn't expect from the beginning of where we were 2018 for it to be here now. So to me, it's also kind of cool to see with the internet now in the world, it's like limitless possibilities, you yeah. know? And so there might be a new platform that comes out next year that you can help even more people, you know, like YouTube isn't available in some, yeah, some countries. countries, you know? And so there are people who still aren't being impacted by yeah. the workout. So I feel like for us, just what we're able to do there really isn't like a limit or a ceiling to the potential that we have, yeah. you know? So, yeah. I look back on my life, excuse me, and the careers, lives of people who I work with. And a lot of times I can trace those big jumps in their income to trials, 
like the ones that you guys had in COVID. Uh, juice like you tearing your ACL, <laughs> you know, putting a different type of content out there that speaks to people who are trying to train with injuries. Sometimes those things like in the moment, it sucks. But you look back five years later, and you're like, man, that's the best thing that ever happened to me. When I look at you all's content from somebody who works out at home, there are little things that just make them phenomenal videos. Juice to follow along, even though you fought it. You know, having the having the preview video of the move before the move starts, saying what weight you're working with, you know, and just giving people a guide so they're just not just picking up random dumbbells and hurting their back or something. You know, like having modifications, this person's doing this, just these little things that if you're just watching, you're like, oh, this is a cool video. As a person who owns a business, I know that like each part of that is a very conscious decision. And the thing that probably a lot of your audience doesn't know that I know from Brandon is that you all are self-taught and you record and edit on your own. So where are you getting those tips, those ideas? Because it's not like there's somebody over you saying like, oh, here's how we do it here. Yeah, um, a lot of it has just been I mean, trial and error yeah. and just listening to your audience. Um, that's, that's a lot of things that, you know, we've been recommended. People want this, people want that. And we always, you know, our first year or I guess after COVID, we responded to every single comment. Every single one. Every single one. <laughs> we spent probably two hours a day responding yeah. to comments, what people wanted. If somebody said, oh, this is a great workout, I love it, we would respond to it. Yeah. So we got really connected with our audience from the jump and they pretty much um, molded our channel. Like, yeah. and of course, you know, I, there are a lot of other great channels that I took inspiration from, you know, that were in the game well before we were. Um, but I was like, how can I do this and make it ours? You yeah. know, make it something that's unique and different in our style. And yeah. something that we want to do consistently Correctly. because Correct. if it's not fun for yes. us and you can't do it consistently, then you yeah. do it a few times and then we get bored with it or, you're not consistent with it and that's the whole you know yeah. name of the game there but i think too as we grew in the channel we were able to um just if you go back to the very first follow along workout that was in an old apartment <laughs> where we didn't have the space to film together so i had to do mine he had to do his and the editing was literally split screen so that took us four hours. With a computer that, that wasn't at the time, I, yeah. I didn't know anything about specs and like <laughs> exactly. RAM and all that stuff. So it was super slow. It took yep. me probably a week to edit this 20 minute workout video. So yep. we, from the, from the very beginning, we had trials of just trying to just put this content out. So over time, when we got more recommendations, when we got, you know, um, a lot of constructive criticism, we didn't take it personal. Like people was like, yo, this, timer yeah. sucks like or they would say we need, <laughs> like, we need another view and i'm like we don't have the I space got one like, camera. yeah <laughs> so and that's the other thing we were able to buy another camera which allowed us to give another view yeah. um we were able to find a space that we could consistently rent and also mm. afford when we first started spaces were like 300 an hour and oh so it's God. like if you're spending four hours just to film one workout, that wasn't no. going to be cost effective. So no. once we figured out a workflow, we have a space we can consistently rent. Yeah. We were able to get faster computers, more cameras, like to yeah. be able to grow with them. It's like 
the recommendations we are giving, we are able to provide yeah. because we are able to grow within it. And, so. and with all that, you know, I, I do majority of the editing as far as the YouTube and she's, I mean, she's getting better at it. I've been teaching her um, <laughs> and it's helped over, over time just because now that she's learning, it's allowing us to be more efficient with the content we put out. But YouTube University, man, that's what I call it. You can learn anything, literally anything. When I, I learned how to make uh, graphics for the, um, for the channel, the timer, everything is, you know, if people ask for it, I tried my best to figure out how to do it and put it um, on the uh, channel in a way that's, you know, it gave me an efficient workflow. Cause that's another yeah. thing. There were some things I wanted to include, but it just took so long um, to put the videos out. So I kind of found a common ground of like, what can I learn and what can I continue to put out to where it's giving people what they want and I can continue to add on and make it better, so. And also the last thing, we we are married, but we do have business hours. So we do take time <laughs> every week to meet as if we're coworkers to say like, we, we write all of our own workouts too. And they're not just like, we don't just show up and just like shoot the workout. We program this stuff and we're like, okay, do we need more dumbbell? We haven't done much strength. Like they need a refresher on this. Someone might say, hey, I don't know how to do deadlifts. So we might say, hey, let's do a video just on that. Yeah, like, yeah. you know, so we do meet and like brainstorm what's needed, yeah. what we think would be successful and um, how we can execute it essentially. So we do treat each other as coworkers during business hours. So. We're getting to the end of this episode. So I'm gonna ask you some questions that we ask of all our guests, but especially couples. We've talked about the things that you bring from childhood with you when it comes to money. When you are operating at your best and you think about how you are with money, what are some of the behaviors that you're showing? Ooh, that's a good question. Yeah. I think, honestly, not necessarily a behavior, but I think we both have this mindset of like not forgetting where we came from mm -hmm. because a lot of times when things get hard, you know, we kind of go back to say like, man, we've been through so much together. It's been a journey. Our, all the struggles that we went to to get to this point. So, you know, when things get hard, we kind of tap into that past to so tap into the times where, you know, things weren't so great or we were just grinding uh, or, or, you know, we, I remember saying like, I remember the days we just prayed for this where we are now. Yeah. Like we were hoping that the stuff that we were putting out would pay off, would pay off and get to this point. So I think, yeah, like I said, it's not necessarily a behavior per se, but it's more so just understanding like we we put a lot of blood, sweat and tears literally <laughs> to get to this point. And um, as long as we kind of never forget that and keep that in our minds, I think, you know, the, the, the sky's the limit, honestly. For yeah, us. I think honestly, one behavior we had to learn was how to appreciate the blessings in a way to where we didn't feel guilty. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like like he just said we put a lot of work into it's so like understanding that you deserve it and it's because this is such a grind like reminding ourselves it's okay to take a vacation mm -hmm. it's so like you still can take time off but i think for us we didn't take a vacation to like three four years in our relationship yeah. it was year round non-stop but so. because our our money our childhood relationships with money they're completely different but they're the same in a sense that neither one of us were just handed things. We both mm -hmm. had to work hard for everything, which I think kind of makes our relationship in terms of money so strong because we both, like I said, understand 
what it takes to work hard for money, regardless of the amount, we understand the value of a dollar and what it took to get that and knowing what it's like to not have it. And also knowing what it was like when we were back in our gym days, like grinding for a much smaller amount and the amount of work we put in for that too. It's like not taking for granted any amount of money and understanding like the work that you put in to get it, um, but also that you're deserving of it. I think that was something that was hard for me to uh, learn, yeah. honestly. Yeah. So, yeah. Now, there's another part that says there's a behavior financially that I would like to leave on the shelf, <laughs> but sometimes it crops up and it doesn't serve me well. What are some elements of your personality, of your relationship with money, where you're aware this is something that's not beneficial? Um, I guess... I mean, I don't know. That's, that's a I don't mind. There you go. There you Leaving you it one. in my checking account. Oh, gosh. So what yeah, I mean by it. that that's is fine. like not investing or like I used to have this fear of letting my checking get under a certain point and he would be like, put that into savings, put it in, like, invest it. Where, yeah, and yeah, I was always like, no, I'm scared. I'm scared because I, and he was like, no, it's still your money. <laughs> it's just in a different place. Um, yeah. And so for me, again, kind of going to that fear of not having money, I was like, no, because if it's in the checking, I can see it. I don't yeah. want anyone else to touch it. I don't want anyone to be responsible. Yeah. I don't even want it in a savings. I want it right here where I always have access. So for me, the investing like releasing control of it and things like that that was hard for me and i I need to leave that behavior yeah (laughs) i guess for me early on in our relationship i kind of i mean it's kind of contrary to what i preach but i kind of put my health on a back burner in order for the grind so i would she would tell you i'd stay up two o'clock in the morning i'd have a 6 a.m client just on youtube trying to learn different things because i want to be able to do this for our video coming up so being with her she doesn't play about her sleep so ultimately <laughs> I had to learn that like, this is going to affect everything at some point. And it got to a point where I'd do this for two weeks and I'd crash for four days. And then it's like, it's gonna pretty much be the same thing. If you just limit yourself to a certain time, really grind it out, but also give yourself time to rest, give yourself time to focus on your body. So investing your money investing, in the right ways, in your health, exactly into savings, exactly. into markets, whatever, Now invest. I sleep like a baby, <laughs> now I sleep seven to eight hours. Exactly. So, yeah. That's that's good counsel. Well, I can tell you this uh, from somebody who, at least from afar, uh, has seen the progress from 10 to 20 to 50 to 100 to 500,000 to a million now creeping up on 1.5 million uh, and get online and seeing Tabitha Brown working out, uh, watching your videos. I can say that I truly hope that you all appreciate the journey because uh, from afar, the people who have been following you and are appreciating it. Uh, so I thank you all for being willing to come on New Money, New Problems. Of course, we appreciate Yeah, you. absolutely. Thank you. From New Money, New Problems, this was the New Money, New Problems podcast, a show for successful professionals searching for the tools they need to navigate financial opportunities and obstacles they've never seen.